This is Grow Your Life with Jason Scott Montoya, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome to this episode of Inspirational People. I'm Jason Scott Montoya, and today I get to introduce you to Akila Charlemagne. Akila, say hello. Did I get it right? Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, Akila is a connector, speaker, career coach, and HR business partner. She's passionate um, about energizing and equipping people to take risks and propel their career forward. Our mutual friend, Chichi Okezi, um, says Akila is a powerhouse when it comes to all things HR and training, and she has the ability to infuse her brand with her values to produce exceptional results. My wife, Kate, connected the two of us, and now here we are. So before I jump into my questions, tell me about you, your story, and what do you do? Sure. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. Um, so my story, recent, my recent story, I should say, <laughs> because we all have many stories, right? Um, moved back to Atlanta about eight years ago, around this time, actually, right around Memorial. Okay. So from where? Um, so not too far away, Columbus, Georgia. Okay. Um, it's actually where our son was born. Okay. Um, I was with a major retailer at the time, Target, um, as an HR manager, yeah. um, and really had made a decision that I needed. I just wanted to have a better work-life balance. Yeah. Great company. Um, but after a while, seven years in retail and working all the holidays and not being able to travel <laughs> for Christmas and things of that nature, I just felt it was time for a change. And so yeah. 2012, the economy was starting to recover, but wasn't great. Um, and but I made so I made the bold decision yeah. to quit my job without having another job. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, maybe I would have done things a little bit differently, but um, that wasn't the story that I was supposed to have. And so moved back to Atlanta, um, moved in with my husband, my one-year-old child, um, <laughs> to my mom's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Till you know, kind of figure things out. And, and that, how long ago was that? That was eight years ago. Okay. 2012, okay. So 2012. that was eight. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And during that time, so I had been gone from Atlanta about seven years. I moved around the South quite a bit, opening stores for Target and just, you know, being, just taking risks with my, with my current time. Yeah. And um, when I came back, I was like, wow, I don't really know as many people as I used to, right? Seven mm -hmm. years is a long time. And so I um, had a few connections. And so just one by one started re-engaging re with people, some friends, some colleagues, and each, you know, were able to connect me to other, to other people uh, networking organizations, professional associations. I'm an HR professional by trade. Yeah. And so I've been in human resources for 15 years. Mm. And so it was important that I found my next, my next exciting career in HR. Yeah. Um, Is that something thought, you had, you had kind of known about at a younger age or did you kind no, of find not, stumble upon not it. at all. But we'll get there in a second. <laughs> I think there is there is a connection for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, with moving back here um, and just reestablishing those relationships, um, it was just also important that I continue to develop myself professionally. So even though I had been in HR for seven years, I still there was a, still a lot I didn't know, right? And um, throughout that time, I initially thought, oh, you know, five six months. I know I'll land another job, right? Yeah. I've got seven years of HR experience, another five years of leadership experience, no problem. Yeah. Well, that plan didn't work out. So it took about <laughs> 10 months um, for me to land my first role. Mm. And what happens in that time, the bank account goes down. Um, you're, you, it was not ideal. I was in my early 30s at the time and having to rely on my mother wasn't ideal, right? Very yeah. humbling experience. Yeah. But again, all things I needed to go through. 
So, mm -hmm. you know, fast forward, um, you know, those 10 months, I had really started um, really developing some, some great relationships. Yeah. And one of the things I learned during that time was the importance of really being a net weaver. Um, yeah. Networkers are great as well, but sometimes networking can get a bad rap of being very transactional versus mm. developing meaningful relationships. Yeah. And so when I say a net weaver, it is having a conversation, I'm meeting you, Jason, mm -hmm. and I have a conversation with you, like, oh, he should know so-and-so. Yeah. Let me make an instruction because I really feel this could benefit them both, um, you know, mutually. Yeah. And there's nothing in it for me, right? Yeah. And so it's really that coming from that servant leadership perspective. And so doing that journey, um, learning all those things, uh, fast forward, you know, I've been with some amazing corporations since then. I also ventured out last year and started my own company, Career Lemonade. Okay. And really the concept is about really turning those life less, you know, those lemons into lemonades, right? Yeah. The things that are bitter in your in your professional career or in life and how can you take them and then make something sweet. And so I work with my clients to really come up with a strategy for their career to leverage their strengths, the mm. things that energize them, to come up with a plan, because I yeah. really do believe we all can find our own success in our own way, mm -hmm. and just customizing what works for them. And so, yeah. I, you know, I have a discovery conversation with them, and then we just, we go on and, and we take on the world together. So yeah. that's a little bit about me. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's interesting. Um, what do you, what do you think about Atlanta? I mean, I moved here in 2005 from Arizona, so it's quite a, quite a, yeah. you know, this, a change, you know, 20 years from one to the next. And, and uh, I've come to love it. And uh, I enjoy the, the diversity and this yeah. in terms of, in a variety of different ways, but um, I, I enjoy the city of Atlanta. We're out in the more of the Northern Atlanta area yeah. now, Gwinnett, but uh, so yeah. Are we. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is my third time living here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I first moved here in 2001. I did not love it. Uh, yeah. You know, back then I was, you know, I grew up in New York city, very fast paced city, of course. Mm. And so Atlanta for me back then was super slow. Okay. Um, and then moved back up North and it was like, it's too expensive. I need to, <laughs> I need to get yeah, my yeah. life together. <laughs> so let me give us South a chance. So I moved back 2005. Okay. And what made me move again wasn't because I no longer liked it really was a job opportunity. And so, yeah. Yeah. I imagine it's away. changed like from now to when you first came here. Oh my gosh, here. it is. And we love it. I mean, I love it so much. Like you said, the diversity of things to do, obviously yeah. not right now, <laughs> but um, it really has been a really great place. And, you know, we moved to Gwinnett as well three years ago and love yeah. The diversity. I mean, Gwinnett's one of the most diverse counties. I think it might be the most the most okay. diverse county in Georgia. Yeah. And so, being able to have our son go to school with all types of people and teachers, that's been really great. And it's just a really friendly community. And so, we yeah. both go to Gwinnett Church, and um, it's been really great to um, just be in an environment that we just thrive. But Atlanta in general, I really enjoy. I don't. Yeah. There was a point where I thought I would move back up north, but. Yeah, I, it's too warm here. I, I think it's too cold up there. You want to you want to stay in the warm. So, um, you know, we'll talk. I want to talk about stories and systems and yeah. living better and working smarter. But sure. you know, we just kind of got blindsided as as a, a, a the world has got blindsided by this coronavirus crisis. So, how would we look at this situation? How do we respond? Um, should we uh, put our heads in the sand and and uh, ignore it? Should we panic? Should we? <laughs> do something else how, how do we hold on and how do we um move forward here yeah and you know it's 
it's interesting. Um, prior to kind of everything really when once we started realizing like this was like for real so yeah. i'm a part of a women's small group through mm-hmm. winter church and yeah. um we started this series yeah. trustworthy by lisa oh, okay. turkers yeah. okay i haven't heard of it i always mess up her last name but okay um seems like a, a picked, really relevant topic yeah and when <laughs> yeah. we picked the, the the study i mean this hadn't really i mean we had heard about coronavirus but we didn't know the severity of it yeah. And let me tell you, so each Monday we meet via Zoom and, you know, just unpacking this and just talking about trusting in the midst of chaos and uncertainty was so relevant yeah. to what we would face. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just having a sense of community. So even though I am an extreme extrovert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, people people energize me and mm-hmm. I can be with people all day long and still want to be with them at night. Yeah. That's how I am. You know, I thought I would really struggle with this this time period, but look at the beauty of technology, right? Yeah. So we're sitting here talking and even though we are miles apart, like yeah. I feel like I'm in the room with you. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with my um the group of women that I meet with each week. We get on our Zoom calls and we we share, we catch up, we trade mm-hmm. stories. Um, we all have challenges that we're facing in our families and balancing, taking care of our, our children and helping them learn and hoping that we're not messing things up. Yeah. Um, you know, being with our spouses and partners um, and still working, some of us and all that. I mean, just a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so having a group, some type of community. So whether it's it doesn't have to be through a uh, spiritual um, connection. Um, it could be a group, maybe it's your high school friends or college friends, or maybe it's some uh, relationships you develop at work. And having some sense of community is so important in, during this time where you can just just take a moment and just breathe and not be in a judgmental, you know, ju- judgment-free zone. I think that's yeah. really, really important. And remembering for me, I, um, I love music. I, yeah. I, I speak. I speak and sometimes think in music. Yeah. <laughs> There's a song <laughs> for a theme or something I'm going through. But for me, I also get renewed by that. So yeah. you know, case in point, yesterday, my son was not. You know, he was going through a thing just like <laughs> we do, right? Yeah. And um, and I was rushing because I didn't wanted to finish working out, get breakfast with him, get on my first call and his attitude kind of threw me into a tailspin I'll be I'll be honest with you and and um I was like oh gosh I have to get in a good headspace for my first meeting yeah and so for me I just put on some meditation music right mm. and so it got me recentered and refocused so I think the main thing is find what works for you some people like to go outside and garden yeah. that's not my that's not my <laughs> testimony if that's you a walk calling old friends um, just whatever it is, I think there are times, there's ways that we can stay connected. Um, and I think it was Todd, I think you interviewed him a couple yeah. weeks ago. And you talked about setting a pre-recorded video. I love that. Yeah. And I, I did that a couple of times. I didn't necessarily think about me not interrupting someone's day. I was like, oh, this is a really quick way yeah. for me to send a message to someone I care about. Let them know I think about them. Yeah. And so I think there are ways we can be creative to stay in contact during this time. And it's also okay to acknowledge that we're not going to be okay every day, right? Yeah. And so there's so many resources available. So whether it's through your employer 
Mm. Um, if you work for a larger corporation or a mid-sized company, if you don't, that's okay. There's a lot of really great community-based resources as well yeah. um, to get you through because this is also really hard on a variety of people for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to, to transition then, you know, kind of to cast the vision of, of what, what it is we're trying to get to, you know, what does it look like to live better and work smarter? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you go about that in normal times? And, and how is that might maybe different because of the situation? Yes. And, <laughs> you know, it's important that we take this time to, to note and pay attention because mm-hmm. I think if we get through this time and we go back to exactly how things were, the fast pace that many of us talk about, the busyness of life, mm-hmm. and we don't reflect on the time that we had here where I'm sure there's a couple people who can raise their hands and say, hey, not having to take the kids to five different activities <laughs> on a Saturday actually feels pretty good, <laughs> yeah. you know, or not going to three networking events or, you know, mm-hmm. business meetings feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, not sitting in all day meetings feels pretty good. So I think being able to reflect on this time and take note of what could be different, what are yeah. some things that we didn't prioritize that we need to in order to do so. Yeah. Um, even things like time off, like, mm. I mean, I took a half day this afternoon, not because I have anywhere to go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because, you know what, it would feel really great to just sit on the couch with my kid and watch a movie, yeah. you know, and, you know, not taking things like that for granted. So, couple of things in in terms of how can we just live better lives is the first thing I would say is pause and take notice. Mm -hmm. So when something doesn't feel right or when Mm -hmm. something does feel right, what is it about that situation that does or doesn't? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think sometimes we're so busy running that we don't take time to pause and take stock of what's working and what's not working. That's the first thing. Then you might think, well, I took notice, but I don't know what to do with this, right? How do I unpack this? And so this is, again, knowing yourself. You know, for me, I I do like counsel of others. doesn't mean I go to someone for everything, but there are times where I really want to take the counsel of others. And so if that's how you are, have your trusted board of advisors, mm-hmm. <laughs> people that you can really go to that can say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I'm not sure where it's coming from. You know me. Yeah. Can you help me unpack yeah. this? Or if you, that's not you, it's just quiet time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So is that meditation is just sitting and reflecting, um, just writing down words that you're feeling, or it could be reading the Bible if that's your faith, whatever it may be. I think you, and you can be a mix of those two things for yeah. sure. And then I would also say having an accountability partner is the mm. third thing. Yeah. That accountability partner could be the same person to help you unpack it, or it could be someone different. Mm-hmm. So now that you've noticed what you need to do, you've kind of unpacked why you're feeling that way. Now you want to act on it. That accountability yeah. partner can really help you say, hey, Jason, yeah. now you said that you were going to do <laughs> X, Y, and Z. It's been a couple of weeks. I haven't heard anything. What's yeah. going on there? It's someone that you trust yeah. that will not just tell you the good stuff. They'll tell you that, but they'll also say, hey, you need to work on this. You need to consider this. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you were going to you know, go on walks. You know, yeah. Now that we're on this at least once a week with your child, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you were going to start writing that book. What's happening <laughs> there? You yeah. know, so it's really that person like to check in. So it's a pause, then unpack what you're feeling, and then have an accountability partner mm-hmm. three ways. 
So what what would you say to the the skeptic that says, well, what's what's in it for me? What's the benefit of doing that thing you're yet process you're talking about? <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's a great question. So um, I think it could be a couple of things. It could be a benefit. Or they may not. There might be a benefit for someone else, right? Yeah. And so again, it's what are you, what are you seeing for yourself in a year from now, two years from now? Are you completely content with where things are today? Is mm. everything just perfect and and working flawlessly? Then if yes, maybe you don't need to change anything. Well, then teach someone else. Yeah. How did you get your life to be so flawless? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> yeah. But if it but if it isn't flawless, which I suspect many of us, our lives aren't flawless how can you be better? You yeah. know, can we get 1% better than mm -hmm. we were last year? 2%, yeah. 5%. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say is for those of us who either have children we gave birth to, or we have children <laughs> that we've adopted have come into our lives, their younger people are always watching us. Mm -hmm. They're watching everything that we do. And so, you know, I'll give a perfect example. I consider myself to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So was my husband. And the other day, our son wrote down a business plan. <laughs> I was like, what is, what is this? <laughs> and he had crafted what his business would be, right? Yeah. And it was a fluttering of things. But then, you know, but the thing is, you know, he's paying attention to the fact that mommy and daddy are entrepreneurs. That we yeah. are. And so same thing. He's paying attention to the words that we say to each other. He's paying attention. Do we take time to have, I mean, he's paying attention to everything. Yeah. And that goes for anyone in our lives who are just, you know, I, I think our children right now, this is a very, it's a confusing time for us as adults. Yeah. It's uber confusing for them. Right. And, and so if, whether you have a middle school or a high school, or even, you know, college students who are graduating this year, that graduation looks different. They're all looking to the adults, to the people who've lived lives longer yeah. to have some sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we don't take stock of those things, who's watching us that we're not even paying attention to that, the thing that we're still doing that's destructive we're still doing it. Someone's watching that and can carry on that behavior, which we would, we may not want them to have that mm. behavior. Yeah. Interesting. So, you know, it's one thing to, to live better, work smarter and to, to sort of incorporate that in our own life. How do we, how do we help others do that? What does that look like? And how do we bring them along? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think one, we gotta be kind, we gotta be mm -hmm. kind to one another. Yeah. We have to, you can use the same kind of concept, pause and take note, right? Yeah. So let's say I'm on a call with someone, whether it's a colleague or it's a friend, and this person's usually has a certain personality or something about them and something seems a little off. Yeah. You know, I don't have to say anything in that meeting or on that call. You know, send them a video message, right? Check, say, hey, I would love to catch up and, you know, see how things are going. Yeah. Um, it could just really be checking in with people to see how they are. Um, I do a face check. I kind of missed one a couple this week, but I do like a face check three or four times a day. I will send a picture of myself just smiling to three or four people that I know yeah. and just say, hey, just check in. How are you doing? Um, so I think we have to be kind and check mm. in with people. The other thing is extending grace, yeah. which is not always easy. <laughs> and you think, oh, you're Christian. You should 
not always easy. Um, and <laughs> compassion so, is a big, right? big yeah. <laughs> yeah. But compassion for self that, too, not yeah, just for others. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> but it's knowing that these times there's so much going on and there's so much in people's heads, even more so than, than maybe before, right? Yeah. Maybe if they're working from home and they've got children and, or they've got um, yeah. older relatives living with them, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. Yeah. And, I mean, you can they, learn about something, yeah. or you read a headline and all of a sudden your day could you know, be all right. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so maybe they're asking you a question for the fifth time <laughs> that day <laughs> or that week, right? Or maybe their tone in the email wasn't, wasn't great. We can choose to extend grace, right? And to say, you know what? I don't know what's going on in Jason's world, um, but I'm just gonna go, I'm not gonna internalize what he's maybe putting out to me. And I'm just gonna answer the question with no Mm -hmm. emotion, you know what I mean? Or without anger. Um, Or I'm gonna take a moment and say, hey, maybe what he said to me in that meeting, um, I'm sure he probably didn't mean it. Let me move forward. So Mm -hmm. I think it's either extending grace and also, which one of my previous leaders would say is, assume good intentions mm-hmm. assume good intentions um because sometimes we come from this place of oh, can you believe me and this is what they meant and they may not have been anything and i've made that mistake <laughs> yeah. right and so if i can assume good intentions and extend grace because i would hope that if i'm making a mistake yeah someone would extend some grace to me as well right because yeah. we're all human um, I think those are some of the things we can do to really pull people along. Mm-hmm. The other, the third thing I would say is be consistent yeah. and show up as well as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to my previous statement of people are always watching, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I show up and I try my best every day to have a smile on my face and have a positive word or share some information that can help you, then that's how people learn to trust you, right? And you okay. you build up that credibility um, and that character, right? There's an old saying, your word is your bonds, right? Yeah. People have got to know you are who you say you are, yeah. right? And that's how they can bring them along. So I even think, and we talk about this in, in my small group, is that, you know, we're not trying to convert people, but if someone sees every day that a Kyla shows up this way, she's got a smile on her face, she's saying an encouraging word, hmm, I want to learn more about why is she the way she is? Oh, wow. She goes to this (laughs) church. Let me go see what they're about. Whatever the case is. And again, it's not about conversion, but it's like showing up and letting people know who you are can really have a positive influence on them. And maybe it changes their opinion of a Christian, a woman, however they see you, they change that because of like, wow, I want to know more about how she is or how he is the way they are. And, and, and how does leading others change the leader? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're hitting with me with all the questions. Um, there's so much to be learned. Um, so yesterday I mentioned when we were talking earlier, I went to a virtual graduation celebration. Yeah. Um, some of the seniors from Georgia State University um, and they're part of SHRM, which is the Society for Human Resource Management. Um, and I'm, part of, I'm a member of SHRM Atlanta, which is a professional arm and so it was just great to really connect with them. They've obviously worked hard. Graduation day did not look the way they thought it would, right? Yeah. And, and it was amazing. They put this together really kind of last minute. Some people even said this was a little bittersweet. We didn't even know if we would show up because this is not what we wanted, right? Yeah. And just listening to them and the optimism they have for the world despite 
having job offers rescinded mm-hmm. or not having job offers off, you know, not having offers at all, not being able to celebrate their family and friends. The world looks so different and so scary. Let me tell you, I walked away from that call just energized and excited. Yeah. Listening to them and they still want to continue changing the world, right? Yeah. They want to continue and some want to go get advanced degrees. Some are going to teach for America. I mean, just the, 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 the variety of things that we're doing, that motivated me. So I think yeah. as a leader, no matter if you have five years, 10 years, 50 <laughs> years of experience, you can learn from people who are either younger in their career or in a different title, right? Sometimes we, we, we um, think that someone's title establishes their power, right? Yeah. There's so much I learned from people that, um, and even now with coronavirus, right? We've had to rely on some people that maybe some people have looked down upon, right? To run our stores, Mm -hmm. to run our hospitals, right? And so the titles or the the perceived titles don't matter or where someone else in their career doesn't matter. I learn, Mm -hmm. I mean, heck, you have children. I learned from my child. (laughs) you (laughs) You should always as a leader come from a place of, I can continue to learn. And so one of the things I share with my clients is once you've mastered something, if you truly feel if you mastered it, teach it to someone else and go learn something new, right? Because if we're still just saying, we're sitting here like, well, I've got this years of experience and I'm an expert and that's all you've got. Yeah. That's all you've got. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about stories. Um, we both love movies. Um, stories shape us, narratives shape how we see the world, and we love to consume stories, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. So what's a story, parable, fable, experience that's shaped you and, and how can they help us in this situation we're in? Yeah, so another thing I usually encourage my clients to do and this actually came up from, I was in another Bible study group a few years ago. A shout out to my, my friend, Erica Robinson. Yeah. Um, her birthday was yesterday, so we're having yeah. a virtual birthday party tonight. But anyway, we were part of this woman's small group, and she asked us to interview three or four people who knew us under the age of 10. Okay. And to see what stories came up. And, and did, those, did some of those stories kind of shed light on who we are as people today? Yeah. Or did we stray away from some of those things? There were mm. things that were innate to us that the world told us weren't, wasn't true, and we mm-hmm. kind of drew apart from that. So I interviewed, I think it was my mom, my aunt, and my uncle. So I was born in a small, uh, small Caribbean country called St. Vincent. And so at the time, I lived with um, my, my grandparents. Um, my mom had immigrated to the US right yeah. before my fourth birthday. So I was three at the time. So my aunt was there and she wanted to throw me this amazing fourth birthday party. So, so I was like, so tell me about that. And she said, well, I just really wanted to make, make it special because I knew your, your, your mom wouldn't be there. And so she's, and my aunt's a major, she loves party, playing parties, so that's who she is. Mm-hmm. So she's telling me the story, I'm kind of envisioning everything. And she, and she said, I thought it was so funny, it tickled me. You asked me, again, I was three years old, you asked me who were the attendees? coming to your party and not only who was coming, but like how they were connected to it. How do they know our family? You know, were they friends with their grandma? All these things. And I laughed because I consider myself to be a connector. Mm. And I actually took an assessment called Standout that actually says I'm a connector. So, (laughs) and it's funny, people have said that about me for so long and I didn't kind of quite own it. Um, 
when I heard that story, it really made me laugh because it, mm. it goes to show that at a very young age, relationships and how people connected in the world was a part of me and a part of my story. Yeah. You asked me earlier, human resources, how did I get here? Wasn't a master plan, but now I know that this is the place I'm supposed to be because every day I'm thinking about how this business priority that we have connects with the people right? Mm. And or I'm talking with an employee and, and they're saying, hey, I want to do this next in my career, but I'm not quite sure how to start get started. And I'm really thinking, oh, I need to introduce them to so-and-so. And yeah. so for me, how people connect um, and the world has always been a part of who I am yeah. since a little girl. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's so important for anyone listening is talk to a couple of people who've known you under the age of 10. What are some of those stories that come up that mm-hmm. speak to the truth of who you are today, yeah. or maybe something that you've run away from, you know, mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. And now, don't get me wrong, not everything we did as children we need <laughs> to continue doing, but there, I think there's some fundamental truths. And so when I asked my clients that question, um, I actually interviewed someone the other day, and she said, you know, I wanted to be a doula. I was like, really? <laughs> Tell me more. And she's like, it's really about bringing, bringing life to something, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and she also talked about um, being like a designer. And it's like, she, transformation excites me and really seeing that change. And those are powerful words. And, yeah. and she's like, wow, I haven't thought about this in a really long time. Mm-hmm. And that's why I asked that question, because there are things that are really sometimes buried deep inside of us that we're either afraid to acknowledge mm-hmm. um, or just, you know, we just forgot about. And just asking a couple of questions to people who knew us can really have an impact. So that story of being a little girl, asking that question really resonates with me today as a professional because I'm like, yep, that is who I am and I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So so let's, we talk about stories. Now let's talk about systems. You're in HR. I imagine there's a lot of different types of systems that you tap into or, or that are in that world. So what is a system to you as, and how do you leverage them and when are they useful and when are they not? Yeah. Well, gosh. So, I mean, there are a variety of systems that you, that we look at from a people perspective, um, whether it's data that we have that we, you know, how do people come into the organization? Um, What are some career opportunities that they have? So you might hear the term HRIS, which is, you know, HR information system. Um, You know, and so you can definitely utilize some of those things to really tell the story. We talk about story. Data can tell the story, right? Mm -hmm. So it's how we use it and leverage that information to share that. And so for me, um, when I work with the clients, what internal clients of the company I work for now is really, can I extract data and then tell a story about what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so whether we're saying, hey, we want to focus on hiring more women in a role or a department that's mostly male, How do we go about that? How do we bring women into our organization? How do we train them? How do we make sure they feel inclusive into the environment? If they're leaving, why are they leaving? And so the data that we, the the systems that we use are really around people and it really Mm -hmm. can help tell the story of how people come in, how they grow and, and, you know, sometimes when they leave. Yeah. So, (laughs) and what does that narrative tell you? Well, let's say you have the data, what can it tell you? And let's say you don't have the data, what are those businesses or organizations losing? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's so to answer the question, like, what do you do with the data? Right. So for a long time, um, you know, I think there was a perception at HR that we didn't have the, we didn't always provide the data and the insights into people and how things were happening in order to impact the business. End of the day, if you're a human resources professional, it's so critical that you know the business, you know, Mm -hmm. from, and I think back to my days at Target, I, you know, I would walk the floor and my store manager would ask questions, right? And so it was important for me to know not only what did we sell, but what are are our most profitable items, right? Um, So that way, when I'm as an HR person making the schedule for that store, I needed to know I had to have more people in this side of the business because guess what? Maybe the the items were less dollars, so let's say clothing, but the markup was higher, right? And it was going to get messier because people shopping for electronics versus clothing it's not going to be as messy, right? So I had to have more people on staff. So, so you can use that data and those stories to really help you build better models for what you would need so that you can provide better service. End of the day, most of us are in the business of service, right? Mm-hmm. And so really getting to what your clients need, you can leverage that, that information in yeah. order to plan effectively. For organizations who don't have it, a lot of times, uh, I think we sometimes... Cu- make things complicated, right? So whether Mm -hmm. you are a small business or you're a large corporation, the things you have access to might be different, but you can get at the information in very, very simple ways, right? So I would always tell someone, think of a smaller number and then build it up, right? So if you Mm -hmm. know, I have five customers a day, okay? Five times five days a week is 25. You know what I mean? You can multiply things to really get to the heart of, Uh, what's my revenue? How many people are Mm -hmm. writing positive reviews for me? If they didn't come back, why didn't they come back? And so there are ways you can build that out anecdotally or there's great platforms you can use um, to really, you know, CRMs, your customer relationship management to really keep track of that. So whether you're using Excel (laughs) or you want to invest in a system to help you manage client relationships, you can do that as well, but I think not paying attention to the data mm. and not doing things to really pull it, extract it, analyze it, then you're making a mistake. And, and what's, if you don't what's know the how co- to do, consequence of making that mistake? Um, I mean, multiple. you can you can go out of business, right? Yeah. So if I just let's say even I, my, my business right now, Preliminate, is a word of mouth business. Right. So I'm yeah. not um, I'm not overly advertising um, and that's for a variety of reasons. But if I just rely on, oh, someone to referred someone and I don't maybe send a thank you note for the person who referred me yeah. or I don't keep in contact with that person, that client check, check in. Hey, so how are you doing? Did you land a new job? If I don't have a system in place of managing those relationships, yeah, the, 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 they, they may they may need to, mm-hmm. to switch jobs in a year, right? Yeah. And I haven't reached out to them. I haven't said stayed connected. Guess what? There's a lot of career coaches out there, right? So if I don't establish those relationships and sustain them, the danger is they may go somewhere else or they may not think of me top of mind. The next time someone says, oh my gosh, I need to make a switch in my career. Do you know of anyone? Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. So I think the danger yeah. is we can close ourselves off to our clients. Um, mm-hmm. We can never take for granted the people who have trusted us to serve them, that they will always be there. So yeah. it's important to maintain those relationships. Check on them. Even when you don't need anything, 
mm-hmm. to be able to make sure you're sustaining those relationships. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I kind of write about some of that in my book, Path to the Freelancer, and just a lot of freelancers, they they neglect some of the business aspects of their work and, and they focus on the creative and the technical and then they can't pay their bills. So it's it's that you got to balance. You have to balance. Yeah. And I think that goes back to having that board of board of directors, right? Yeah. So some people call them right, but I think it's important to have someone in your corner that whether it's an accountant per se or someone who's great with finances to have that. My best friend from high school is a lawyer. Type of law she does she does doesn't always coincide with what what I may need from a lawyer, but guess what? She's got contacts and people in that world, so she can bounce things off. Mm. So I think it's important for us to have people in our lives that can really share the, the, those insights expertise have an hr person as a friend guess yeah. what whether you are, are a business of one business mm-hmm. of a hundred you need to really know how to manage and interact with people and develop human human relationships so yeah. have an hr person that you know that it's either a friend or a colleague whether you are you're calling them up or you're you're um uh, you're paying them for support whatever the case may be have, have a couple of key people um, that's in your life. There are people that I know that are entrepreneurs. They've been doing this for much longer than I am. Yeah. I have them like, hey, when you hit this roadblock, how did you handle that? Yeah. Have some, some good sounding boards in your life to help you with that and help. Because again, we all don't know everything. Yeah. And, and do systems matter more or less in this crisis? How, did, how do we... Ooh, um. I think they probably matter more. Um, but again, it's, it's how you're using it. At the end of the day, the first thing is, is the people. Like I will say, sometimes we rely on the systems when we can just pick up the phone, right? Yeah. So it's simple, like you're trying to communicate with someone, you send them an email. Well, I send them four emails. And the first question I ask is like, well, did you pick up the phone and call Jason? No. <laughs> okay. Try well, a different pick approach. up the phone and call Jason. You know, email was designed to make our lives easier but sometimes we use it as a crutch to mm. like not have the human interaction where i say it's more is systems can help us there's so much data that we all have in our heads um that come in through our emails um social media sites so how do we help get through all that data right and mm-hmm. systems can help automate some of those things and help yeah. us see trends that maybe we didn't even see yeah. I'm not a huge, I have to use Excel by the nature of my job. I'm in a human resources <laughs> and I've had to learn over the last few years how to do pivot tables. That's something, that's not something I knew how to do 18 months ago, two years ago. Now I leverage it. Now am I the best pivot table creator? No, but I know the basics to pull out the things that I need to present data to my clients. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's really important that, you know, you have things at your fingertips and that instead of me, going through and, and hand and, and checking things off, I can use the system to help mm-hmm. automate some of those things and make my life easier. Yeah. Um, for many of us, we're, we, you know, organizations are planning for what does return to work look like, right? Yeah. So with that, I can't just, especially if you work for um, any size organization, really, but if you're thinking, okay, let's say I'm a 50 person company. Um, the office that we had, we had maybe five people in each office yeah well maybe with this we can't have those five people so how do i assess who's going to be coming in how do i prioritize does everyone need to come back does maybe mm-hmm. a portion need to come back how do we space the rooms when they do come back so there are things that we have to assess and systems can help us 
do modeling yeah. and determine what's the most, what's the best way. Cause again, it's about taking care of the people. So mm-hmm. what's the best way to take care of our people by using a system to help us. But I think it has to be a balance. You still also need to use common sense too. Cause yeah. the system might say something you're like, wait, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. I got to know my team best and know what's the best thing for them. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, uh, you know, what, you know, as we kind of navigate life, it can be good. It can be bad. It can be prosperous. It can, it can have suffering in it. It's, it's hard. It's joyful. It's, it's complicated. All the things. (laughs) So as we go through this, what's, what are your words of advice for us, um, to just navigate life, to, to, um, to thrive and, um, and to, to get through this situation we're in? Yeah, I think the main thing is whether you have an intimate circle um, mm-hmm. or you have a large circle, it's so important to stay connected mm-hmm. um, and find ways of staying connected. I think you know, sometimes it's creative. You have to be creative. And so whether it's when things go back, and I don't think, I don't think, will, I don't think things will go back to normal, quote unquote. Yeah. I think we'll have a new sense of normal. Um, so whether you're interacting with, with people on a regular basis or it's still, it's a blend of these virtual connections and in person, one of the thing is, is make sure you stay connected. And, and I think look at it from a pr- perspective of what's not, what's in it for me, but how can I help Jason? Is there something that Jason needs mm-hmm. um, that can help support him, his business, his family? And I think if we just take some time to really give back to the people in our lives that's really really great so i think stay connected to to people and there's Mm -hmm. there are a couple of things you can do maybe it's saying you know what once a month i'm gonna make sure i you know schedule a quick phone chat with Mm -hmm. one person you know um maybe it's someone who thinks differently than me Ooh, Mm -hmm. that would we're probably getting into a different topic there yeah yeah but um but i'm gonna set a goal of how i'm gonna connect and with whom and how often so yeah. I think really goal setting is really important. Um, the other thing is, well, I should have said this first, but really one of the things I need to do to take care of myself, right? Yeah. So whether it's physical activity, whether it's um, taking a, you know, um, taking some, taking a drive, you know, it's just, yeah. you know, when the sun's out, I want to just take a drive up to Lake Lanier and just, just drive by, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are some things that I can do to take care of myself and reflect? Um, that's really, really important. And just finding joy. And I think also just going back and thinking about what are my strengths? What are the things that really energize me, right? Yeah. And um, because when you're doing more of the things that, you, that are your strengths, you can then pour into others, right? And so for me, I love talking about managing people's careers, right? And what's next for them. And, um, and so I can do that any time of the day. It doesn't matter. It energizes me. So what's that for you? That it, no matter what time, midnight, six o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, you doing it, you're good at it, and it yeah. strengthens you, that's really, really important. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Is there anything else you wanted to share that we we didn't get to yet? Gosh, we've 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 talked about so much. Um, <laughs> so I think one thing I didn't talk about was, but um, I talked a little bit about journaling. But you know, I really mm-hmm. believe in the power of visualization. Okay. And so, you know, and for years I've done vision boards. And they're always, it's always so amazing at the end of the year, all the things that have come true. I also um, select a word for the year. 
right? Oh, okay. And so I select a word that I want to live by. Yeah. And it comes to me in different ways. Sometimes it comes to me the end of the previous year. Sometimes it's not a couple months into the year. Um, but think about that. And what could that word be for you? And so for me, my word is light. And it's so funny. Um, when you pick a word, you will see that it comes to you in a lot of different ways, right? Mm -hmm. And so light actually comes up a lot now in conversations or texts <laughs> I get from people. And they're like, do they know? <laughs> um, but it's really, really great. And one of the things, when you have your word, another, another great coach that, I, that I've worked with, Susan Brown um, from Impact Coaching says, what, you know, what is your light, what is your word expect, what's required of you with your word, right? So um, for light, what does light require of me, right? And so if I want to be a light to others, that means I assume good intentions, yeah. that I give them grace, um, that I give myself grace, that I'm mm. taking care of myself. Those are all the things that light requires. And so I encourage people that are listening, um, whether it's a vision board that you're doing or pick a word that you really want to live by for this year that can really help carry you. And the, and you're not always, you're going to have moments where you feel opposite of that word and that's okay. <laughs> so it goes back to what we talked at the beginning, pause, reflect, and then find how to get yourself out of that, out of that hole. But I, I really think um, having that word for me um, really has mm. helped. And it's funny when I picked it, it was before, all this right uh, okay. and yeah. so at a time where it seems very dark and mm -hmm. the world seems very uncertain the fact that i know that light i have it it's going to okay. carry me through on the days where it doesn't feel so great that really does help lift me up yeah yeah that's awesome cool well, thank you for sharing so yeah, what, you're welcome. i appreciate you know just all that you've shared and Tell us how people can connect with you, what you're up to, if they're interested yeah. in working with you, what, what's the deal? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, so Akila Charlemagne. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at Akila Connects. So that's okay. A-K-I-L-A-H-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-S. Right. I'm more active on Instagram than Twitter, okay. <laughs> um, but they're both there. And um, I'm I will be launching my um, my website at kylestrawley.com later this year to be determined. <laughs> um, but I anticipate in the next two months or so. And I am writing a book, and ah. so my goal is to um, to finish that this year as well. Okay. So is that related to what you do, or is it a fiction? Career or? Lemonade, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's really all about finding, you know, helping you know that relationships matter, and um, to to leverage them to really have a positive impact on your career and your business. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely put links on the page um, for people to to get access to that easier. Uh, any anything else? No, I just thank you for having me. And I'm so glad that your wife, Kate, connected us. Again, power of connections. And um, I wish you I wish you an amazing weekend um, with your family. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing and participating. My pleasure. For additional stories and systems to work smarter and live better, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. That's jasonscottmontoya.com. Com. Thank you for joining us on this episode, and we look forward to having you listen in to the next episode of Grow Your Life.